Welcome to The Light of the World. This is Jerry G. Martin. We are coming upon the most holiest of days that is celebrated by Christian believers. It is the time that we celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're going to present you a series of messages that will help you to understand what Jesus Christ did, but more importantly, why he did it. It was to offer sinful people eternal life. I want you to listen closely and even contact someone in your family who needs to know the gospel of Jesus Christ. At the end of today's message, we're going to share an opportunity for you or anyone you know to come to know Jesus. Come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. Now we've heard from Mark, John, and Matthew. Each of them, although they've given a little bit of a different view of what was happening, each of them commented on these two men who were crucified with him. And that got my attention. I said, here's these two guys. And I'm going to spend some time talking about these two men because I think they represent every one of us. These two guys who are nameless in the scripture. And the only one that gave us a better description of what was happening with these two guys was Luke. Everybody else just mentioned them. Mark said there were two men who were crucified with him, two criminals, two robbers. John said that there were two, but he said they were crucified with him, but Jesus was in the middle. But let's look at what Luke tells us about these men. Luke chapter 23, two other men, both criminals. Now Luke was a doctor, a physician, and he was used to being more detailed. He says two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. And when they came to the place called the skull, they were crucified with him along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not, they do not know what they're doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. In verse 39, we have that one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said? Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserved. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, I'll tell you the truth. Today, you will be with me in paradise. I want to point out uh, from these passages the opportunity and the opposition to receiving Jesus Christ when things are really going bad for you. That's the point when most people come to Christ when things are going bad. Because when things are going well and we have it going on, we have a tendency to put the Lord on the back burner. Okay, let me, let me, somebody going to say amen over here in this section probably. But people have a tendency, you know how when it's going well and, and, and the job is going well and you're making good money and you have a little extra change and you just bought that new car and you got that new house and, and you've been praying and asking God to, to bless you and the Lord start blessing you. Now you got your motorcycle and a boat and, and Sunday is just as good a day as any to go to the lake. 
You know, because I work hard and I've accomplished some things. I've, I've got an education and I deserve to enjoy what I've worked so hard for. The only time I can go to the lake is on Sunday. But when they come and repossess that boat and you went to the doctor and he said, I got something I need to share with you. Ask your family to come in with you. And the first thing you say is, oh, Lord. So when things are going bad, it changes our perspective on what we're doing. You know, the repo man comes and things start looking bad. Each of the gospel writers pointed out the fact that these two men who were executed with Jesus, so I want to take a closer look at them. They were introduced to Jesus the morning of their last day. I'm trying to think about what it looked like on that execution morning. Jesus had been up all night. I don't know about these guys, and, and it's probably hard to sleep on the night before you're going to get executed. It's probably hard to just have a good night's sleep. What do you think? They didn't have lethal injection where they just put you on a gurney and strap you down and gave you some drugs to drip in your, uh, on your IV and you just sleep away. Good night. This was an execution, and this wasn't the first execution that they've ever witnessed. They, this was something as a normal practice to, for the Romans, and it was so horrific that polite Roman society wouldn't even discuss executions because it was so horrific when they would uh, uh, take you and nail you to a cross and hang you up and, and, and stab you in the side and beat you and all of those kinds of things. And they knew what was going to happen. And here they are carrying their cross and they run into another man who's carrying his and his name is Jesus. And the only thing the Bible tells us about these two guys is that they were robbers, thieves. Not just thieves, but they were robbers. See, there's different kinds of thieves and different levels of thieves. There are those who are burglars and there are those who are robbers. And then there are those who are thieves. What's the difference? Burglars are ones that come in and go through your stuff when you ain't looking. Robbers will take your stuff off of you while you are looking. That's the difference. And thieves will steal out in the open. But they call them robbers. And, and one commentator said they were robbers with violence and, and, and probably have murdered in the course of their robbery. And the scripture doesn't tell us the name of these two guys, but I wonder if they knew each other. Because birds of a feather usually flock together. And this is Jerusalem in a time where, where you know, when they got caught, they got executed. And, and these two guys knew, probably knew each other and they both had been sentenced to die. And they probably were sentenced to die along before Jesus Christ because it seems that, that the Romans says, hey, since we're going to execute these other two, just go and throw him in the mix. Let's do it now. So Jesus is coming, and I don't know what they said to each other. What do you say to the man who's going to die next to you? Say, hey, how's it going? What's up? How you feeling today? What are you going to say to the guy who's going to get crucified right next to you? But we're told that there were it was 9 o'clock in the morning, and they were being nailed to a cross. And they knew that it was only going to be a few more hours to live. And as they were nailed, and as they were raised up, the crowd was around, and they were hurling insults 
Mark tells us that Jesus, the, the scribes, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, the elders, they were talking about Jesus. Oh, so you think you something, huh? Oh, I thought you said you were going to just, uh, you were the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Yeah, I saw you working some miracles. Did you walk on water? Come off and walk off that cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they said you walked on water. Let me see you walk off the cross. And the thieves, on, and on both sides, uh, Mark tells us that the thieves were, were, were in on it. They were like, yeah. And you know, sometimes when you're down, you want somebody to be under you. You don't want to be the lowest of the low. And even when you're going through something, you try to find somebody that's lower than you and look down on them. And so while they're up there and everybody's talking about Jesus, they joined in with them. Yeah, you're supposed to be something. But I believe something began to happen in that span of six hours as one on the one side is criticizing Jesus, the other one probably as he began to criticize, began to take notice of how Jesus was responding to the criticism. But Jesus found himself hanging between these two men. They were both thieves and robbers. They were both arrested for the same crime. They were both sentenced to die. They were both crucified with Christ and both had an opportunity to change their destiny at the last minute. They both had a chance to change their destiny. One understood it and the other one didn't. Verse 39 of that text in Luke says, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at Jesus. So as they got closer, he's still insulting. He said, aren't you supposed to be the Christ? He's hanging up there. Ain't you supposed to be the Christ? Won't you get yourself down and then get me down too? Come on now. Come on, man. Show me. You're supposed to be so bad. Come on. Get on down. If you get down, get on. If you get down, then come get me. Isn't that what he was saying? Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. He said us. Him and his buddy. Save our life. Get us out of this mess. I don't have any alternative. My back is against the wall. You're my only hope. I'll try anything about now. You know, I've seen people who, whose lives are, are so messed up. You know, if the Lord will help, I think I might try. I think I'll try. Let me try to be a Christian. Let me try to go to church because that might help me. They're not looking to live a life for Christ. They're looking for how to get out of a crisis. He wasn't looking for Christ. He was looking on how to get out of a crisis. If you're the son of God, if you can help I me, mean, I have nobody else to turn to. The lights are going out. Hello. Can, he didn't have an eternal perspective. Like many of us, he turned to Jesus in desperation to get him out of a jam. Can you get me out of this mess, Lord? I don't care who you are if you can get me out of this mess. The other man had a different perspective. Now, maybe he got a clue when the lights went out. The Bible says that at noon, the lights went out. Jesus was talking to his father. Maybe that man heard them. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Lights went out. It was broad daylight, noontime. The lights went out. They had to get the torches and light them. And he said, you know what? Homeboy might know what he's doing. I better rethink this thing. Sound like he got a connection. And he turned to his friend, you know, now they're talking, now one is on one side of Jesus, he's on the cross, the other one's on the other side. Now he's talking across the cross, right? He's talking to his friend as he says, don't you fear God? You can't see him that good, but he just, 
Don't you fear God? Since we're under the same sentence, they got us, man. We're guilty. But this man's not guilty. We deserve to die. He don't deserve to die. This man has done nothing wrong. I know a crook when I see one. This other man seemed to got a glimpse of the next life. I'm wondering if he got a glimpse while he was hanging on the cross, when his life was beginning to ebb and flow out of him. I've heard people say, you know, when you're very, very close to death and you're right in between, right there where that line is, where it's fuzzy, you can start seeing over on the other side. I had an uncle that was near death, and he started talking to somebody that uh, had died a long time ago. And then he was said, if you start talking to him, he's almost there. You know, when you're starting to die, you get a reality that grips you sometimes of, you know, this thing is real. I'm about to go from this life to the next one. I don't know how close he was. Maybe the heat got turned up and the hell fire started raging. Maybe he started feeling the temperature rising. I don't know. But right there, he's hanging there from 9 in the morning to 3 in the afternoon. And something began to transpire in him where he said, this guy here in the middle, I, don't, I never met him before this morning. Uh, he's hanging up here with me, but there's something different about him. And I believe he has a connection eternally. He got a glimpse of the next life. And then he, he said to Jesus, remember me. When you come into your kingdom, that's all he asked the Lord. Will you remember me? In other words, I believe that you're going to come into your kingdom. That's faith. I believe you're going to come into your kingdom. I want you to remember me. That was enough for Jesus. Jesus said, I got one more coming in, and he's coming in with me. Today, you are going to be with me in paradise. Today, you. Now, I don't know if the other guy on the other side heard that little conversation. Because Jesus is talking on this side, and the other guys were on the other side. I don't know whether he heard it or not, but he didn't get in on it. One of the thieves hurled insults again, but the other one had insight. One asked to be with Jesus, and the other one did not. One got into the kingdom, and the other one was stuck out. One went to heaven, and the other went to hell. On either side of Jesus, when they both had an opportunity to have eternal life, it was their individual choice and the decision that they made, one to accept and one to reject. That is a picture of every one of us and our opportunities and every person in the world. All of us have the same opportunity to either accept or reject. Now notice that Jesus wasn't on the cross trying to argue with and convince the one who was rejecting it he needed to come with him. Jesus didn't say, hey man, you know what? You just need to hang with me because I'm getting ready to go in. You want to go or not? It's your choice. Jesus is not going to beg anybody to come to eternal life. He says, I'm freely giving up my life for you. You're going to have to recognize, receive, and accept on your own. That's why we don't have to try to sell Jesus Christ to the point where we got to twist somebody's arm to get saved. I don't have to try to talk you into it. I ain't spending no 30 minutes to try to go through all the scriptures to convince you you need to be saved. I'm going to tell you about Jesus and it's up to you to believe and receive. Are you rejected or are you received? 
All I'm going to do is tell you the good news. I'll tell you what he did for me. I'll tell you that I was a thief on the other side of the cross. I'll tell you that I was going to hell until I decided that I need Jesus Christ in my life. My job was going good. My money was right. I was having a good time, but I had something missing in my life. And it wasn't until I said, Jesus, I know I need you in my life. You can be professional all you want to be. You can have all the material things that you might want. But until you have Jesus Christ in your life, you're the thief on the other cross that said, you know what? As long as things are going well, I'm okay. If you can work some magic for me at the last minute, that's all right. But I'm going to tell you, don't wait till the last minute to try to receive Jesus Christ. There's a lot of lessons for this one thief that says, remember me, don't you know, no matter how you've been living before, when you come to Jesus Christ, he'll accept you at the last minute. What did that thief have to do to, for Jesus to remember him? Nothing. You have to do nothing to come to Christ but to believe on him. You can't work your way in. That was an example of what it takes to get saved. It gets belief in Jesus Christ is what saves us, not anything we can do to be so nice. We don't have to work for it. We don't have to go uh, to do seven steps. We don't have to do all these kind of things to be saved. We just have to say, Lord, I want to receive you and I want you to remember me and bring me into your kingdom. So here you have Jesus Christ who knew no sin right in the middle of two sinners and one rejects and one accepts. There are those today who are in this place who have accepted and there are those in this place who have rejected. There are those who are listening to my voice whether by radio or whether in here or have chosen to accept and those who have chosen to reject Jesus Christ. I think I'm going to have a little more time. Oh, somebody says, oh, you know, if, if you can get saved on your deathbed, maybe I can just live my life however I want to live it. And then when I get ready to die, I'll say, okay, Lord, let me in. That'll work if you're on the cross. And you got a few minutes to think about it. But it doesn't work when somebody is, is laying in the bed and they don't open their eyes the next morning. You died in your sleep. You didn't have time to think about it. It doesn't work when something happened immediately and you just didn't have time to think about it. Don't take a chance with your life. It was providential that Jesus was crucified between these two thieves for it gave both of them access to Jesus Christ. And that's what we want. We want access to the Savior. Both of them could have read the inscriptions over the cross of Christ. This is Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. And both could watch him and both could have uh, received eternal life. But one decided that he was going to go into mockery and the other ones decided he would ask for mercy. One said, if you are indeed the Christ, get us off the cross. And the other one said, you are the Christ. I want to come into your kingdom. Just as he saved that man on the cross, he can save every person that would ask for him. I believe that when Jesus Christ was raised on the third day, that thief was raised up with him and went on to be with him for eternity. What's the message I want to get over to you today? All of us have to make a choice in our lives. And we're all going to come to the point where we, our lives are going to come to an end. They had the advantage. They knew when. They knew that this is the last day. And, and, you know, and that's why the Lord doesn't tell us when our time is going to be up. Because he knows that if we knew exactly when we were going to die, we would, we would raise hell all of our lives. And then on the last day, 
we go get the Bible and sit in the corner and try to read up on everything we need to read up on. We'll be praying the whole time. Oh, Lord, yes, Lord, have mercy on me the whole time if we knew the last time. But other than that, we're going to do what we're going to do. But the key is to give your life to the Lord while you have an opportunity to make the decision on your own. These two thieves, these two indescribable men who are indescript in terms of their name, nobody knows who, who they are. If you get to heaven, you're going to see the one who said, Lord, remember me. How many of you would say today, Lord, remember me. When you come into your kingdom, I want to be there with you. When you come into your kingdom, I want to be there with you. One of the things that keep people from making a decision for Christ is a lot of times they will say, you don't know what's been happening in my life. You don't know how bad I've been. I've been a thief. I've been a robber. I've been to jail. I've been to prison. I've, been, I've done drugs. I've been a street walker. I've been a gang banger. I've done things that I'm, a, I'm ashamed of, and I'm not sure I can live a life for Christ. It doesn't matter what has happened in the past. When you say, Lord, remember me, he wipes that slate clean, and he says, come on. Both of these guys were robbers and probably murderers. And he didn't even take a second thought about receiving them. You can't be so good that you can argue with the Lord that he needs to receive you because of your goodness. That's what grace and mercy is. Mercy is you don't deserve it, but I give it to you anyway. I'm dying because you don't deserve it. I'm taking your place, Christ says, because you can't save yourself. I come to give my life so that you can be saved. Here's what I want to do today. I want to challenge you. If you're here in this place and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you may be like that thief on the cross who said, I just want the Lord to help me out of a jam. I just want the Lord to help me because I've got some issues and some situations that I need to deal with. It is so vital. We only have one opportunity to make an eternal decision for Jesus Christ. Sometimes the enemy will tell us that we have tomorrow, but tomorrow is not promised. People are dying in so many ways in so many days. If Jesus Christ was here today in the flesh, he would say, the day that you hear the message, don't turn your heart and say, you know what? I still got some things that I need to do. I don't know what this guy was thinking about on the side when he said, just get us down. And then when he didn't come down, he said, well, forget about it. I'll just go on. And the other one said, Lord, I'm not looking to come off the cross. I'm looking to cross over with you and to be with you in eternity. I believe someone has heard the message today and said, you know, I'm like that thief on the cross. I've got stuff in my life that I don't even want to tell anybody anything about. My life has been so messed up, I don't even want anybody to know it. You may be looking good on the outside, but on the inside, you're falling apart. I want to tell you that today, Jesus Christ is alive and well, and he's able to remember you just like he remembered that guy that said, Lord, I want to be with you. This is Jerry G. Martin, and we brought you a message today to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as we are coming toward our Good Friday and Easter celebration, our Resurrection Sunday, I think it is so vital that we share the message of the grace of 
and the goodness, the redemption, and the forgiveness that Jesus Christ brings to every person. I don't know who you are, and I don't know where you are, and I don't know where you are in your walk with the Lord. I want to give you an opportunity, if you do not know him as your Lord and Savior, to make a decision right now. It was Jesus who said, I don't come for those who are. He came to seek and to save those who are lost. If you are lost and you feel hopeless or helpless or disconnected in your spiritual life, today is a great opportunity for you just to turn to Christ and invite him into your heart, invite him into your life, and he will come in with his divine power and his spirit and he will do for you what he's done for me and so many others. He will turn your life around. If you would like us to join you and pray with you and help you to get connected, call us right now at 281-964-1393 and say, I made a decision for Christ. I need to get connected so I can continue to grow. Again, that's 281-964-1393. Jesus Christ came to give you everlasting life and we will walk that journey out with you. Be sure to call us and then join us for our Easter Sunday service at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road or online at lowcf.org. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.